Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Teach Better Team's Wednesday Wake Up, where we get to go live every single Wednesday to be able to kick off your morning. I mean, we are midweek. We know there's been a lot going on. Many U.S. teachers are coming back after Thanksgiving break, and we are now in the final big, like, long draw here. We're right before the holidays, and we want to make sure that we are here to brainstorm with you, support you, and maybe also give you a little laugh. I have the one and only Joshua double underscore stamper with me, which means you know it's going to be a good show. We have a topic we are going to talk through here as a majority of our show begins. And then, of course, we have a morning challenge for you, a community spotlight, all the things you can always expect from our Wednesday wake up. We are excited to be back after a week off with Thanksgiving. So let's get into it. Good morning, everyone. We are back for our Wednesday Wake Up, which is a weekly show where we get to be live every single Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern, streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. If you are not following the team on all of those platforms, please make sure you go over to your favorite platform and search Teach Better Team. We love being available for you on all different platforms so that we can catch you wherever you like to hang out. I have Joshua Stamper with me. Josh, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Ray. I am so great. I've been waiting for this day to actually come and actually, you know, get a chance to speak with you this morning. So I've got coffee in hand. Love this time of season. Oh, I'm so excited. Is this a good season because we're past Thanksgiving or because you have to be up at 6 a.m.? Which which are you at right now? I just love this time of year. I know you realize this, too, because I've shared it with you. But just this time of year is like my favorite. It's it's awesome. So Thanksgiving's nice. You know, I love the food, the football, the family. But when it comes down to it, you know, the holiday season now is is definitely my favorite. Okay, so full transparency, Josh. We always like start this show pretty casual and then get into the educational conversation. So let's just talk quite frankly here. I have a love-hate relationship with this time of year because in my personal life, I love it. I love the lights. I love the food. I love all the holidays. I love all of the family-focused traditions that are coming. Like, this is the month of fun. On a professional level, this is a hard time in schools. And I find that while there's a lot of fun, there's a lot of energy that needs to be exerted, which I know we're going to talk about, like, educational tips and tricks here in a bit. But, like, do you ever feel that, that disconnect where, like, personally you like something and professionally you're like, uh, can we go back to September? Yeah, it's it's pretty exhausting because there's just so many additional events and traditions and things that at the school level that are added to what you're already dealing with on a normal basis. So yes, it just seems very chaotic. And the month of December flies by because there's just so many things going on, um, both during the school day, but then also the extracurricular events and things that are going on too to celebrate the holiday season. So, and then in addition, you're shopping and doing all the other things at home. So it just feels like you have a million things to do, but you know, it's still my favorite time of year. (laughs) 
I feel like you just started the list that I was going to challenge our, our viewers this morning. I know it's early. We're slowly getting up, right? This is the Wednesday wake up. So you should still be sipping your coffee, probably getting up. We love the good morning comments. If you're able to catch the show this morning uh, and you're live with us, we let, why don't we start off slow? Give us one thing that you are juggling this month. Because Josh, you named a few. Calendars are a joke in December. There's no way. There's always something going on. You have like end of quarter, end of semester report cards. You have uh, any sort of like holiday celebrations that you're able to do in your classroom. The online shopping is real, having to make sure that you have gifts for everybody in your family. I mean, there's like all those little hurdles that I really don't think individually are too challenging to overcome, but they all come in December. And it's just like comical, I think. Yeah, I think that's why there's like a thousand movies that are <laughs> created in this holiday season because it's just chaos. And then, you know, throw in Black Friday and some of these other things that, you know, we have to deal with um, on a daily basis that, you know, it's insanity. And then, you know, of course, you've got the kids that are super excited about this time. And I, my my house is just insane with just the anticipation of, you know, Christmas coming up. And yeah. And of course, that translates to them going to school and having that same energy in the classroom. So it's it's a difficult time. But, you know, I think it's also really, really fun to see a building come together um, during this time, because, you know, for our campus, we we have these like grade level challenges to like decorate and things like that. So, you know, there's like this fun piece of competition, but camaraderie um, during this time and the building looked awesome. I mean, we had like lights and decorations everywhere. It looked like a winter wonderland um, and all the different holiday like hallways and things. So, you know, that was always fun. We always had like a ugly sweater competition. And then, of course, the goofy Christmas cards or holiday cards that we had a competition on, too. So we had like a lot of fun things at the campus level to, you know, celebrate the holiday season. Um, and the kids like really enjoyed that, too, because it was I felt like we were kind of harnessing their energy and kind of filtering it and pushing it toward one direction instead of just letting them go crazy. <laughs> well, and I know that like, obviously we're, we're just joking about the season, but that's, that's really a, a wonderful strategy to make sure you're, you're kind of replanting into everyone's minds this morning is as you get into December, which we're not quite there yet, but it's soon approaching as we get into it thinking through strategies to say, I know the energy is going to be there. I know the stress is going to be there. I know the chaos is going to be there. It's December. It is what it is. So when we know that's happening, can we redirect it? And I love those strategies to say, yeah, let's actually make some intentional things happen. So we're giving everyone, teachers and students, an outlet to be able to harness that energy in an appropriate spot. I like that suggestion. Josh, as we are coming back off of a week away, we didn't have Wednesday wake up, wake up last week. Uh, I know a lot of people were able in the U.S. to celebrate Thanksgiving and enjoy some family time. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Anything special that I, mean, I feel like everybody celebrated all week long? So how did that go for you? It was wonderful. I mean, the kids being home, I always enjoy it. I mean, I've got a lot of them. So, you know, the energy level, like we were talking about, is always increased, but also got to see family. And that's always a wonderful time. And then the food. I mean, I love to eat. I love of the massive amounts of food that <laughs> comes with Thanksgiving. And um, it was just amazing time to, you know, have kids at home. And I feel like we had to like transport them all over the place, you know, and just have them home. And um, we played a lot of games. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm always one that I 
really enjoy those times when the kids are all home where we we have that time together versus you know feeling like i'm the daddy taxi and trying to get them everywhere they need to be so um i really enjoyed it of course there was a lot of sports on too and I love having that opportunity. My boys are getting a little bit older, so I get to share that time with them too. And it's a good bonding experience. I was going to ask you about your like transportation all over, because obviously you have this big, wonderful family, but I, this was the first Thanksgiving. I'm not a big Thanksgiving person. I, I mean, like it's like one day, like we eat the food and then we do, we're done. And this year I have no idea what influenced all of these factors, but I had like five Thanksgivings in one week. And I won't lie to you, when I really don't care one way or the other about the holiday, having five of it was a little, it was a little a lot. I don't, I, don't know to, I don't know how to phrase that nicely. So it was great, but we it was a lot of shuffling. And I'm not used to like that type of behavior, especially during Thanksgiving. So with your big crew, you guys stayed home. You didn't have a lot of shuffling. Did family come in town? No, or you guys just celebrate where you are? Yeah, usually we have a lot of folks coming in town. And it, that can be a little stressful because, you know, that's managing not only my big family, but a lot of other families. But this year was, was pretty small. Um, it was just my my in-laws, uh, my brother-in-law and his family and our family. So it was pretty manageable. And they live close now. So we all just went over to my mother-in-law's. She's a phenomenal cook. So we didn't have to do anything as far as preparation. She was wonderful about providing a very wonderful spread for us. And, you know, we just went over there and she took care of us. So, you know, as far as preparation... I, we're very lucky. We didn't, we didn't have to create anything, <laughs> manage anyone outside of our own, you know, six kids. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty low key and we definitely didn't have five different Thanksgivings, but I want to say that, uh, I'm proud of you because you've experienced putting up lights outside. I did. So this is a thing, right? So I grew up Jewish. And so I, I love the Christmas season so much. I love celebrating everyone's holidays more than just Christmas during this time of year. But I don't actually know the work that goes into any of it, right? I mean, that goes with any holiday, any holiday you don't celebrate, you see a picture of what you think it looks like. And then you, of course, appreciate it. You enjoy it. I even speak to it. I talk about how much I love it. And I pressure people. I'm like, guys, if you celebrate Christmas, I want lights on your house because I like driving through the neighborhood and seeing all the lights. I, I'm very vocal about that. And this year, I not only saw how to put the lights outside your house, which, whoa, is that a process? But I also experienced the decorating in the house, the tree, the things on the mantle. Y'all, thank you for your time and effort. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah, you should see our house. We were in that's the other thing like thanksgiving week typically in our house this is when we really start to decorate and so yeah outside lights are up that was quite the ordeal and then of course everywhere in our house there's lights and decorations so uh thankfully i have a lot more helping hands than in previous years but it, it's still a process but but i even like saw it during good weather like that's the thing is i didn't even experience the struggle of making this incredible idea come to life of putting lights up on the house for the holidays when it was like negative 17 degrees. Like it was beautiful high fifties. Like it was gorgeous here in Illinois. I have no idea why the Chicago land benefited from beautiful weather over Thanksgiving. Of course, just as an FYI for everybody who hasn't looked outside, it's pouring outside this morning. So, you know, give or take, but I mean, it wasn't snowing. We were in like long sleeve shirts and leggings and boots. Like it was a comfortable afternoon, but 
That's a lot of work, ladders, the stick. Oh, the stick. I don't know. I was newbie. I'm just saying thank you for putting lights up on your house. And if nobody thanked you yet this season, as a Jew, thank you. Because I love Christmas lights. I love it. I, I just appreciate you going through the process and, and understanding the pain that we've all gone through <laughs> for so many years. I just want to say that for anybody who wants to celebrate Hanukkah, I would love to expose you to that fun this year, but it is not hard. We put candles in a menorah. We sing a few prayers. It's way easier than putting Christmas lights up. So if anybody wants to, wants to jump in, that kicks off the weekend of the 18th and and I'm game, but trust me, you don't have to bring your boots or your gloves. You don't have to be worried about sweating through your long underwear. You can just like come as you are and light a match. It's really easy. I, I think that sounds wonderful. <laughs> It'd be great. As all of you are popping in this morning, we want to welcome you to this incredible Wednesday morning. And we appreciate you tuning into Wednesday Wake Up. I know we're having a little struggle right now um, streaming on Facebook. So we've gotten your messages. We apologize for that. We do typically get to stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn to make sure we can reach you. And we always appreciate you all sharing the feed so that your friends and family can also tune in to the Teach Better Teams Wednesday show. Josh, we have a topic that we want to get into, and we also have a community spotlight and everything in between. So we'll be right back for that teachable moment. Wednesday wake up. I have Joshua Stamper with me. My name is Ray Hewer, and we are excited to dive into some, you know, strategies. Let's talk shop for a little bit, educator to educator. I do want to laugh and file a formal complaint with our marketing department, Josh, because teachable moment for this segment, and I'm noticing this, of course, at the end of November, we've been doing the show every single week since August. Teachable moment's not, it's not a moment. We're going to talk here for 15 minutes. That's more than a moment, ain't it? Yeah, that's that's a little bit longer. I, I don't know what what the title should be, but yeah, it's it's definitely more of an experience than a moment. I mean, how long? Okay, moment to minute, right? If we do some comparison here, a moment in time or a, a teachable moment, how, how long can that be before it exceeds the moment timeline? Yeah, I don't know. This may be a potato potato experience here, but I, I feel like it's such a, it sounds like a small duration of time where this is going to be a longer, hopefully something that you gain, you know, quite a bit of tips and tricks for whatever the topic may be. So yeah, I, I would say that a moment sounds small. I would love to see some comments uh, giving us the proper ratio of minute to moment uh, timeline. Maybe it's like, one minute equals one moment, or I don't know, it might be a little longer than one minute. But yeah, we're going to spend some time here talking through some educational content. You guys know as a Teach Better team, we love to do a lot of different things here in our family, including support you, give you some laughter, obviously, um, all the fun that we get to do as a family here. But we also would love to plant a little seed in your mind, give you a little bit of a focus as you're getting that energy boost to say, hey, can how can we be better today? Uh, the Teach Better Mindset's all about striving to be a little bit better today than we were yesterday and a little bit better tomorrow than we were today. And if there's one little challenge or idea that we can take away to enhance our craft, then let's get into it. Uh, Josh, we were joking about the transition of 
November concluding, December starting, kind of the chaos of this time. So we are diving into behavior management, behavior strategies. If you are listening right now and you have uh, something that you're struggling with that you want some some suggestions on, feel free to put some context in the chat. We'll do our best to be a brainstorm buddy for you. Josh and I don't promise to have all the answers, but we sure would love to be a part of the solution alongside you. Josh, I know struggling with behavior, and that could be student to teacher behavior, student to student behavior, teacher to teacher behavior. Um, this is an area that I would always lean on you for because you are a problem solver, a great problem solver. And when it comes to managing behavior, managing expectations, clear communication, you are a great expert on this. And I love that we can always lean on you for your suggestions. Give us a little background on your thoughts or experience supporting behavior concerns. Yeah, I just want to mention, Ray, like right now, as much as it is a joyous time for many folks, we also have to understand that this is could be a triggering, triggering time for uh, our students, our teachers, and our parents. And obviously, stress level is going to increase over the next month. But then also, for a lot of folks, this might be a time that they've felt pain or hurt um, or trauma. Um, and so we have to understand that for some, this might be like the greatest event that's going to be occurring in their year. And for others, it's the worst. And so if we have that lens and that mindset, then we can understand that, you know, emotions might be high and behavior may increase in the classroom due to the time of year. And so, you know, with that, like for myself as an administrator, like I always tried to communicate that to my staff to let them understand that we're going to have a lot of fun, obviously. And we're going to try and do our best to make sure that everybody's safe and enjoying their time at school. But there are going to be moments that kids might be feeling really, really down or they may be, you know, showing behaviors that they haven't exhibited at all this year. And it might be feeling like it's a different child. Right. And so we just need to make sure that we're presenting our strategies consistently and we're doing it in a way that's respectful and is not going to enhance the behaviors more. Um, because I think sometimes too, the stress level of, oh, the curriculum for the first semester needs to get done. The assessments need to get done. Grades need to get done. And so there's pressure there to just like push forward. And although that's true, there's, you know, some folks that um, that's not the most important thing for them right now. It's just kind of a survival mode to get through this month. And so um, I just want to have that as like the forefront of of this time, like time period. No, I really appreciate the reminder of the importance of consistent routines, right? I think that that is, that's always where I turn first is thinking through how we are presenting information, how are, how are we using our expectations and how are we making that really clear to our students and consistent, predictable uh, for our students. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily the right answer for every problem. I actually am, I'm confident it's not, but I feel like the, the easiest thing, the first thing that teachers can sit with as they're problem solving through or hurdle in the classroom related to behavior is thinking through how we're communicating and how we're uh, allowing our students to be aware of the expectations and consistent routines. I, I know that that's only one strategy, but it is a strategy within our control and I love when we are struggling with something to identify what things are in our control versus what what really may not be. 
Oh, 100%. And, you know, finding strategies that allow you to have that control, but also validating the emotions and the feelings of those that we're talking with. So again, it doesn't matter if it's a, a parent or a teacher or student, like the strategies are all the same. We're all human beings and we all need to feel validated for one. So, you know, in that, I always talk about like, for instance, if a, if a student is disruptive or maybe they're emotionally escalated, like it's not an opportunity for you to have a conversation amongst everybody. <laughs> like we need to make sure that we're pulling that student aside and having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And that can look a lot of different ways, depending on what your room looks like. Um, but we, as a strategy was, it was always like, if you need support, like the staff is there for you to come relieve you for you just to step out of your classroom with your students. So that way, you know, you're still able to manage your classroom, but have that individual conversation with that student. And then there, there's not an audience, right? We're being respectful of, of what's going on with that student and that time. So it's not being broadcast to everybody, because like I said, it might be something that's really personal and something that needs resources beyond just what the teacher can provide. And so we always did it as a push in was what we called it. So administrator, a counselor, a neighboring teacher, a leader would come in, relieve that teacher so that they could just maybe take three minutes, five minutes, whatever it may need to get to the bottom of what's really going on behind the behavior, because behavior is a language. They're telling us something that's going on. It's, it's not normal. So what can we do to discover what that is? And you're not going to discover it if you've got 35 other kids around you. So um, that was kind of the first thing that we really pushed around the season, especially is this is not something that needs to be broadcast to everybody. We need to make sure that we're being very intentional of having those one on one conversations. Well, and I appreciate that that focus of seeking to understand. I mean, there's so many things going on. We were joking about the chaos earlier. If you don't know what problem you're trying to solve, you're essentially just throwing anything at the wall and seeing what sticks, which is exhausting. Like, it's not even that it's ineffective. We'll touch on that later, but like, it's just exhausting. So if we can be better at finding some time, curating some time to understand, or at least have some sort of focus, then all the strategies that we throw at the wall at least can be strategies that we believe are in the right category, right? I mean, like, this is a whole problem solving thing. You know, it's interesting, Josh, when we started this conversation, I was only thinking about classroom behavior. Um, I know that that will be something that all of us will be problem solving over the next month, because typically for teachers, we have strategies that we use at the beginning of the year. And we find that November, December, October kind of shows where the gaps are in our supports for our students' behaviors. Um, so it's always good to be able to find a space to problem solve them. But I'm also thinking here, this is also a very common time where parents come in and those behaviors, those messagings, those, those emails can be overwhelming and feel difficult as well, which I also would constitute as a behavior in some regard. I I know there's a lot that that we can problem solve in both of these categories, but I think naming it first as something that might come up. And so how can we be proactive versus reactive is probably the biggest focus of having this conversation today, November 30th. Yeah. And I would say not to hide from it too. I mean, you're right. As far as an administrator, I always felt like there were escalating things in the classroom, but then also in the front office. And, you know, it's really a tough time for adults. So if you don't know what's going on in their life and they come in upset, I think it's easier to try to ignore or to try to find a quick solution, but that's not really the right strategy. Like most people, 
they want to be heard. They want to find a solution. And as an administrator, that's what we're there for. So, you know, we need to make sure that we have that time. And so, you know, a lot of the same strategies I use with students, I use with adults. And I don't say that like in a negative way. I just think, find that they're really good strategies and they work. So for instance, like with my office, I don't like being behind a desk and because it creates a barrier, right? There's a separation between myself and the student. Well, I learned very quickly that that's the same with adults. And I actually had a parent call me out. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story is like, I had a parent, I had a wonderful conversation with them multiple times in outside, in the front office, whatnot. And then I got to my office, I was behind my desk, and the conversation changed drastically. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? And they were very honest with me because we had that relationship built. And they were like, you know what? It's really intimidating to be in a principal's office. And it's really feels like I'm a student again with you behind the desk. And it was kind of this light bulb moment for me to understand, okay, there, there is a barrier here. And so I said, well, let's, let's move the conversation. And so I just got up with, with him and we walked out of my office. We found the conference room where I sat next to him and the conversation changed dramatically. It was crazy. Um, same thing with like students. I, I learned to bring them outside <laughs> because it was open, fresh air and we walked and they got some energy out and it was totally changed the environment. But it's amazing how just a simple shift of where the conversation takes place de-escalates immediately, um, both a parent and a student. So, you know, just simple strategies like that, I think, are really helpful during this time of year. Well, and what I like about that, Josh, is that that's a strategy that you can pull out and reuse and reuse and reuse with the same student and with just all of the students, like all individual students. Um, that's that's a tool that when I put it in my toolbox, it's not just going to be a one hit wonder, but something I can refer to numerous times, even in one day to be able to find success. And those are the types of tools that I seek to put in my toolbox, not just the something that I'm going to pull out one time and then it really becomes irrelevant for another year, but something that I can use over and over. And I like that that strategy is supportive of my parents and also my students, because that allows me to really just speak to them as human beings and meet those needs. I know a silly thing um, that I always turn to, it's great for this time of year, uh, we we always joked and we have even in this conversation about how just everything's chaotic for parents. I mean, like you're juggling calendars, you're juggling lots of different responsibilities. So when you have a question that's related to the school environment or the classroom, it's frustrating because to have to find the answer seems overwhelming, right? So a really easy maybe note that you might choose to put in your toolbox for this month or all year long is if somebody asks you a question more than twice or more than three times, then that message gets communicated to all families. And I really encourage you all to do that via video. Uh, it's a really easy strategy to set up your computer. It takes about three minutes to, you know, click the play button and introduce yourself again to your families. Use that tone and inflection that you use as a teacher that, you know, gives some warm energy into the video and then quickly answer that question say thank you, close the video, be done, and then email that off to families. And that allows families to not only get the answer that they might be wondering and not had time or they're too fearful to ask, but also gives you an opportunity to get some FaceTime with your families, use that wonderful tone and, and warm welcome so that they reinforce how you're there as a support and a helper, not as a barrier, uh, and allows you to probably solve more problems that are headed your way. And you were a little proactive in that. And those three 
questions that are asked to you hopefully allows you to say, okay, this is something that more than one person's concerned about right now. So again, just another helpful little tip in your toolbox. I love that. And you're right, Ray. I mean, if that's the first thing that they think about it as a school is their frustration because they can't find information, that's really starting out in the negative. Like before you even have a real conversation with a, a parent, especially as an administrator, if that's their perception of the school is, oh, I can't ever find anyone or I can't ever find information. So yeah, if, if you're getting a question multiple times, like that's, as a parent myself, I know I get frustrated with that, uh, with, with a campus or a school. So, you know, to have a video then to also see the teacher that my child gets to interact with every day and you get to see the tone of voice and the inflection and you get so much from a video. I think that's such a, a great, you know, opportunity for a teacher. Well, and I always had the same template when I sent out a video. So I loved answering questions in video because I wanted them to really see me. I feel like email took took too much away from the message I was trying to communicate as an educator. And, you know, we use a lot of video here on the Teach Better team too with that same purpose. We want you all to get to know us as people. We don't just want to send you an email and say, hey, we hope you have a great Wednesday. Have a good week. You know, like, let us know if you need anything. It, it sounds better when we're together. We can say that in our tone of voice and add some smiles and laughter and jokes in it so that we're building trust while we're getting that communication out. But you can template those emails. I, I use the same template every time. I said, hello. I told them that I got a question frequently. I posted the question. And then I, in a bullet point, posted the answer or the key takeaways that I wanted them to get if they couldn't watch the video. So if you watch my three minute video, you're going to see that I care about you. I'm wishing you a happy holiday and the answer to the question. And it's like three to five bullet points tops if you don't have time to watch the video. And then I would link the video to say, but I really hope you do. You know, here's here's an opportunity to, to get more. And um, that way, when your families are juggling a thousand things, if they just need that answer, you solve that problem. And if they had three more seconds, then you also continue to foster that relationship. Well, I don't know about you, Ray, but I've sent an email before with great intention. When I wrote it, had wonderful inflection and it was not perceived that way. And then I was <laughs> scrambling to be like, no, 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 that, like this is a good email. Like this is not contentious at all. And then having just to then get on the phone to call that person to smooth things over when, you know, I could have just made a video. And it probably would have been perceived and <laughs> seen as something completely different than what an email. So emails are kind of a dangerous thing. So, yeah, I, I love that suggestion. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you, Josh, I don't even know that this is relevant or interesting to anyone that is in our conversation right now. But if you are seeing this from me, I would love your feedback. So, Josh, I was on a um, on a meeting where we were having conversations with teachers about the length of time it takes to respond to emails. Because sometimes truly, as you go through the day, like the entire day is gone, you haven't even had time, not just to check your email, like maybe you've checked it, but like actually dive into it. Because I always seem to manage my emails well in terms of like deleting junk. But then there's emails that actually need my attention. And like finding that time sometimes takes more than 24 hours. I mean, you just have a lot going on as an educator. And then you have your whole life that is afterwards, right? Um, so I was talking to this educator and she had mentioned that she uses a vacation setting on her phone or on her email that has an automatic reply that doesn't necessarily do anything, but give, buy her some time before she responds. 
So I was thinking through what my vacation setting of not necessarily a vacation setting saying I'm not going to get to your email, but what could, what would I want to say in an email if I was trying to communicate to somebody that I value them, but I may not get to that email within the next two minutes. Like it might take 48 hours to respond. And is there anything I can do to help them if they need something from me when I have this lack, this, this gap of time before I'm going to respond? So I've tested this out, I think, for two weeks. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen this? Okay. okay. I haven't. So, so in my email, if you email me, ray at teachbetter.com, I have an automatic reply that goes to you when you email me that says, hey, I've received your email. I'm going to respond to it. But in the meantime, if these are some of your dilemmas, here are some of the resources that I already can link for you to give you the answer. So for example, at, from a teacher's lens, if like that automatic reply includes your teacher homepage that you update frequently, uh, that might be what they were asking you about. Or if they're saying, hey, I don't know if we have school on Friday, in your email, you could say, here's a link, like looking for the calendar question mark, click here. So you're kind of providing them potential answers, potential solutions, not to say that you won't respond, but here is something already. So for me, mine is like, are you looking for the Teach Better website? Are you looking for a blog? Are you trying to find your next podcast episode to listen to on your way to work? And I link those things. It probably won't answer all their questions, but it might get them started. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's an extra email for everybody in their inbox, but it is a little proactive. What are your thoughts? No, I like it. I think a lot of times as far as being an administrator was like training the parents to understand that I don't just sit at my desk on my computer, just answering emails all day. I mean, I could, that that is a very real thing. I would get hundreds of emails a day. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm dealing with this discipline issue over here, or I'm doing an investigation of what happened in this classroom and I'm, you know, putting out all these different fires. And so, yeah, I think letting parents or teachers understand, like, you know, I value what you have sent me and it's not like I'm ignoring it. It's I've got a million other things and I will eventually get to it. Um, and I love the resource piece, especially for a teacher, because a lot of times what parents are reaching out about is something that they just don't know how to access it. So, you know, if you've got these really important links there for them, you may have already solved the problem without having to reply to the email at all. So um, I love that, honestly. Um, and if I need to reach out to you, I don't I don't email you. I just <laughs> I just text you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's probably why I haven't seen your email. But I, now I'm going to email you just to see the response. You know, I, I don't think it's a foolproof system. But yeah, I think the celebration is if you're looking for a resource and I can give it to you before I get to the email, then when I do get to the email, it's just another touch point for me to be like, hey, I'm sure you already got this, but thank you for, like, I can spend my time in the email thanking you for seeking the solution rather than trying to like get you it two hours late or three days too late. And um, I think this can work for educators as you're looking through, and you can update this as much as frequently as you want. Like maybe your, maybe your automated message for the next four weeks is, very related to December, winter break, holiday season, or the new year. And then when you get to winter break, you just update some of those links to say, you know, here's now the resources for next semester. You know, I, I don't actually know all of the pieces, but I just know one of the stupidest questions 
the most stupid questions I would get from parents is being like, where do I find the grade book? And it's like, it's not their fault. They don't have to know that more than once a month or once a quarter, but like, here's an easy link. That way in the moment, I don't have to be like, oh, let me go find it, copy and paste, you know, the whole thing. So. When you talk about video too, like we had our tech specialist, uh, our, our tech coach, he, he realized that that question was going on all the time as far as parents reaching out to teachers. So he just created a video, right? And then everyone could just post the video to say, you know, if you have this question, here's a link and it'll teach you step-by-step step to go through that. And it saved so much time because people didn't have to answer and go through the step-by-step -step process anymore. It now is in, like you said, video form. And those teachable moments, right? Like I'm going to teach you, of course, how to walk through this. That's great strategy. But guys, we forget sometimes the teachable moments that you can also put in videos, like the reminder three times to bookmark that link. So now they'll have it forever. And like some of those other strategies that in the classroom, we're like, everybody click this star in the top corner right now. So you have this, but you can do that for parents. They're not there to normally get that type of instruction, you know, two birds, one stone. So Anyway, Josh, I know we've talked about behavior a bunch this morning. I, I hope that some of these strategies resonate as we are not not like too far into the season yet, but we can be a little proactive. As we, as we are looking at um, other things, I think we can get into our community spotlight. What do you think, Josh? Oh, I'm definitely ready for this. This is awesome. Good morning, everyone. We are live for our Wednesday wake up, and we want to make sure that we are supporting you not only in what's going on currently, but being proactive as we move forward. If you didn't catch our conversation earlier, I encourage you to head back and then. Make sure to let Josh and I know how things are going. If we didn't talk through a strategy that, that supports you, let us know. We'd love to brainstorm further things with you. Or if you found that one of these strategies is really helpful, we'd love to hear how this how that went. Uh, there's lots of different hurdles that we're constantly problem solving. So uh, we always love to hear when you try something new. Josh, we have an incredible highlight that we'd love to do for our community. This is a member of our Teach Better team who some of you may know and if you don't know you've probably actually engaged with her and you don't know who uh was on the other end of that support for our wednesday wake up community feature we want to highlight the one and only nikki piercy nikki is a full-time fifth grade teacher and also a digital content editor here on the teach better team we have her handle right there if you want to connect with her on social media. Nikki works in our blog department. So if you have ever blogged with us over at teachbetter.com slash blog, she is doing so much of that back end work when you submit a blog. She's editing, doing all of those incredible things that when it gets published up on our site, it looks perfect for our uh, viewers. When we asked her what she loved about education, she wrote, building positive relationships with students and helping them feel confident heard and respected is a priority in my classroom. Continuing to learn to find ways to improve my classroom and beyond is one of my utmost, most important goals. I love being able to highlight educators, not only on the team, but in our community holistically. And Nikki is definitely one to know, but works a lot behind the scenes. 
So always good to highlight those incredible educators. Josh, I know there's a lot of educators on our team working behind the scenes. Um, it's kind of funny because you you might only envision the Teach Better team as this like few people operation. And you and I were joking before this started how not true that is. Yeah, we've grown so much as a team. And, you know, I know you've experienced this too, because I've seen it firsthand is, you know, someone will say like, oh, how many are on the Teach Better team? And you're like, oh, 23. And they're like, excuse me, how many? Because they think it's like four or five people. And it's like, no, there's a lot of folks that are doing things behind the scenes that you don't realize. And the blog department, I'm thinking specifically, I mean, that's a big undertaking because there's so much content being out, be put out uh, with the blogs. And so, yeah, Nikki does a phenomenal job. And I love that we get to highlight her today because, I mean, it's like this these unsung heroes that are doing things behind the scenes. And I just, Nikki's such a sweet person too. She's wonderful. But you know, just our team in general, there's just a lot of folks and a lot of moving pieces every single day. Well, and I think it's funny, Josh, we were kind of joking about this before um, we went live that sometimes people are like, oh, the Teach Better team. Yeah, that's that's just that's Jeff Gargas's group. And you're like, yeah, Jeff does some of the work. <laughs> I was like, but there's like 22 oh. people behind Jeff Gargas that actually make all the work come to be. You just see Jeff Gargas because he puts his face on everything. So that's just a little different. But I think it's important, Josh, like I know it's silly, but as we reflect on like how things actually happen, they don't ever happen because you do them exclusively or I do them exclusively. This show alone is a collection of like 12 people on the team involved in just Wednesday wake up all coming together in all those all those facets and it's important to highlight that nobody's doing anything on their own no I love that it's really a, a team aspect so you know we we have to rely on other people and I think you know the things that we talk about we're living too and yeah we have like a million projects going on with the teach better team and so many folks that we have to depend on to make sure that it goes off including Wednesday wake up. So as far as exciting things going on on the team that a lot of people are working very hard right now to make happen, maybe we could like preview. There's a course coming out in a few weeks that a lot of people have their hand in. There is some holiday deals and celebrations coming soon. There's a live stream that's not announced yet that will be coming over winter break. There are ambassador application acceptance notes that will be coming after the new year. I hear there's a really, really, really long day headed to us at the end of February, which might be an endless amount of PD for uh, our family members. And then not to get too far ahead, Josh, but then I heard there's some massive surprise coming at the end of that, that has a lot of people working on it. So it just feels endless. I can't say a word on any of it. <laughs> now, Ray, if you want to spoil some stuff, I mean, I'm not going to get in the way of that, but I'm not going to be the, the one to say anything about all those awesome things. But yeah, like as far as the projects and the things coming up, like this is an exciting time for the Teach Better team. So yeah, I'm excited. I, I love that people think that I'm important enough to like spill secrets because that is something I enjoy. Like I love when when people in the comments are like, hey, what's going on with insert project here? And then when I read that, I'm like, ooh, let me tell you, I just saw an update. But friends, it's not my secret to spoil because when I am on when I'm on live, 
Josh and I like are, we can say anything we want right now. Nobody's bothering us. Right. Like, like whatever. And then the video stream ends and the texts that come in from team members and specifically our director of marketing, who she's like, you can't say that Ray, who gave you permission. There's a plan and you're not following it, Ray. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, all right, let's get to our morning challenge. We'll stop spilling secrets. But if you do have a question on something that you would hope that the Teach Better team is working on, you can throw that in the chat. Maybe Josh and I will uh, share a little bit. We are live with our Wednesday wake up. Oh, God, wake up. I don't know what the show is called. We have to know that for marketing. They're going to get upset about that, too. Wednesday wake up morning show. We are here, and we are wrapping up the show because we got to get out of here. Somebody in the comments wants to know what's going on with Jeff Gargas. Ain't that the truth? I would, too. Jeff, where are you? Josh, have you heard from Jeff? Is he is he around? I think he's alive somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. I think Gargas is doing a little bit better, right? Yeah. Way better. Way better. He's awesome. But he's not here. He's not here. If you haven't noticed. Yeah. I think maybe if we all count our lucky stars, cross our fingers, and and wish real hard, maybe next week. Just It'd be a, a holiday miracle. <gasps> a holiday miracle. It's what a good way to kick off December with Jeff Gargas's face on camera. Don't you think? Like smiling face. That always keeps giving. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I hope so. Cross your fingers for us, friends. No, honestly, Jeff's doing better than ever. He he has been going through. I know uh, many of you are aware over the last few months some some health struggles, but he's he's actually doing wonderful. We we met with him a lot this week. He's finally back to using his brain and having opinions. And you know, although it's bittersweet, we I guess we do appreciate it. As we go ahead, Josh. No, I was going to say it's good to have him back and. Yeah, we love that guy. Like, He's just amazing. So, yeah, I can't wait for next week. I cannot tell you the amount of messages of people being like, Ray, is Jeff gone? I was like, guys, if I can't get rid of Jeff, I would have done it already. If I can't get rid of Jeff, he's here. <laughs> we are heading into our morning challenge, and this is just an opportunity as you head into your day and we wrap up our show for you to keep something in the back of your mind. Josh, how, would, how can we challenge our audience here? Some small, small, small little thing that they can do to be better today uh, with, with our topic today? Yeah, I think validating emotions. I know that's a small one, but it's pretty heavy. I think, mm -hmm. you know, with this season and, and what people are dealing with, not to minimize the emotions that they're going through um, because it's valid. And so not that you have to agree with them, but at least communicating that you understand where they're coming from, why they feel the way that they feel. And then finding a solution from that. I think if we come in a space where we can at least listen to what's going on and figure out why they feel the way they feel um, and then validating like that emotion is valid and I'm accepting of that emotion, not so much the action or why you think the, the solution should be this way, but just really seeking like understanding during the season, I think is going to help everybody involved and it doesn't matter if it's a student, if it's a teacher or a parent, because we're all going through a lot right now, um, especially stress levels are, are going through the roof. And so I think just 
validating the motion where they stand right now and then coming to a solution is, is going to be um, very beneficial for everyone involved. Mm, a great concept to keep in mind as we head into a very busy but exciting and impactful Wednesday. Josh, I'm so glad that we were able to be live together to talk through this. I, again, I, I'm not saying this just to be a goof, but I always turn to you when I need support in this area. And while I love your opinion on a lot of different things, this is an area that you just seem to have an abundant amount of resources and supports to put into any educator's toolbox, whether you are a classroom teacher, a leader, or some other title that exists in our educational ecosystem. So I want to encourage everyone here this morning, if you are seeking support, reach out to the team, reach out to Josh and, and keep that brainstorming going. We, we may not have every answer, but again, we'd love to be part of the solution. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And just for everyone, make sure you get in those comments and get ready to spill some secrets. That's another challenge. There's some good stuff that we're working on. I feel like I feel like I have some worthy secrets that might be coming out soon. There's some good things happening. As you all head into your week, we want to wish you a wonderful week ahead. Let us know if you need anything. Happy, happy wrap up of November. And we'll see you soon, friends. See you later.